Hey, Edith. Yeah, Christy? What do you call a snowman in July? I, I don't know. A puddle. Oh. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to laugh. Well, there I go. I'm laughing now. Okay, fine. Hi, I'm Christy. And I'm Edith. We're backyard gardeners in Colorado. And neighbors. And friends. These days, gardening is becoming very popular. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips, a fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down Tulips. Hello, gardeners and wannabe gardeners and listeners and Christy. Hi. Hi, Edith. How are you? It's raining. Yeah, that's okay. It's raining, but you know, you know what makes me happy? I'm glad that the 4th of July is over, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Um, you know, the 4th of July is just an annual reminder of how useless my dog would be in a war. <laughs> I gotta say, I feel bad for the pets, you know, when people yeah. do the illegal stuff in the neighborhood, but that's in the past and it's raining, which is wonderful for our gardens, even though, and it gives us a little bit of a break. That's the way I look at it. Yes, from having to get out there all so early in the morning and mm-hmm. drag the hose around, which is what I do. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time I hand-watered the garden. It's been over a week. It's really been something out here. And apologies to the rest of the country that's sweltering and or underwater. And we're kind of in a really perfect little zone here, not to brag. Yeah. You know what? I had mushrooms in the lawn. Oh, yeah. I've uh, Mushrooms that not edible. Don't eat them. But sure. Uh-oh. No, just kidding. <laughs> so it's July. It's July. It's July. Do you know that July 7th through the ter- 13th is National Farriers Week? Farriers. Do you know week. what a farriers are? A farrier. Is it F-A-F-E? F-A-R-R-I-E-R. A farrier. Mm-hmm. Is this somebody who um, grows and takes care of fairies? <laughs> I knew you would try to guess. No. Is this? No. Okay. Uh-huh. Is this somebody who um, operates fairies? No. A farrier trims horses' hooves. Wow, that's a very specialized I, I am surprised activity. Hallmark has not jumped on that, you know, right. with what, a card. What celebrations do they have when you're uh, during uh, National Farrier Week? I don't know, but I have a, I have a tagline for Hallmark. Yeah. They could have a card that says, it behooves me to say happy <laughs> Farrier's Day. <laughs> nice. I'm getting down with the puns. You Very see? good. You see? Very good. July 8th is Na- International Town Crier's Day. Hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> oh, yes, oh, yes. You know, Christy, whoever makes this stuff up really desperately misses the 17th century. Yeah. You know, I think it'd be fun I, to have a town crier on your block every week just to find out what's going on. and That would be fun. Like the head gossip? That would be yeah, fun. Right. That would yeah. be great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mrs. Good. Johnson has terrible <laughs> garden out there. Yeah. That would be good. So anyway, here we are in July, which means we're quickly approaching our one-year anniversary, um, which is exciting. 
have in you, a way. We haven't decided yet how we're going to celebrate it yet, though. No, we have not. We, we you, talked about you, if we wanted to do it drunk. You've dissed every single suggestion that I have. <laughs> and then you come up with a suggestion of doing it in an ice bath. And I'm like, around electrical equipment, really, Christy? It would be our last broadcast. So we're not doing that. We, no. We're not going to do it drunk. No. We're not going to do it in verse. I've got it. I've got it. We hire a farrier and a town crier. <laughs> that they ferry will bring a horse down here. Got it. Yes, and the town I'm with crier you. Will uh-huh. repeat everything we say, but loud. Okay, good. Okay, good. And we'll also have to narrate what the farrier is doing because people wouldn't be able to see that. That's but true. I think that That's could true. be interesting. That'd be great. I'm I'm all for it. I am too. So, folks, if you don't want to have to have that, then then let us know. Otherwise, <laughs> we might to do it drunk. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, Art. What are we doing now? Uh, this week, we are talking about everything you should be doing in the July garden. Oh, that's a good topic. So that's what really you should do with your veggies, your flowers. There are certain things that are just kind of universal in July anyways. Maybe for some people, it's the beginning of July. Maybe for some people, it's the end of the July. But there are some tasks that I think you could do all July long, no matter what zone you're in. Uh, Let's give a shout out to our garden party members. Okay. Okay. Shout out to Brian and Lisa from Denver. Slash Lakewood. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Brian and Lisa, for being a member of our garden party. This just means they throw us a couple bucks a month so they can support the podcast so uh-huh. we can keep doing it and keep telling yeah. people uh, the best ways to garden, to learn from our mistakes, and we can keep giving people really bad jokes. Yes. And our pod plays. Yeah. Mailbag so, inspiration. All kinds of things. We're creating a community and we want you to be part of it, even if you don't pay. That's okay. But yeah, if that's you do, okay. even better. Oh, we so appreciate it. Oh, you my do. gosh. And you get fun rewards. You can get seeds from our gardens. And depending upon the level that you support us, you can get some fun merch like a coffee mug or a T-shirt. Christy, if they don't want to, you know, like become one of our patrons, maybe they could buy a thousand T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe they could do that. They're really pretty. They are. And They're you so can get pretty. two different kinds. We've got the Upside Down Tulips logo. And then we also have... Mulch it. When in doubt, mulch, mulch it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got two pot plays. So these are fun little sketches that Edith and I write and perform that we sprinkle throughout our segment. And uh, we're welcoming back Hal... Rail and Maggie Roswell, the husband and wife team. Folks, they are professionals. I mean, they're like really professionals. Yeah, you may know Maggie Roswell from The Simpsons. She's been with them since the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And then if you're a fan of the Transformers, Hal Rail has done voices for them. Unbelievable. And they're doing stuff for us. Yeah, so, they're really so generous. Cool. Very so nice, nice friends. Mm-hmm. So Edith, how's your garden going? Oh, Christy, uh, my, my garden is fine. It uh, It's almost like the in-between time, you know, where the spinach is over, the lettuce is over. So many things are over. So I'm just kind of waiting for other things to appear. Um, it's 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 good that it's in-between. That's, like, that's it? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, here's what I did. I posted okay. on Wheat Ridge Gardeners, a Facebook page for gardeners in Wheat Ridge, mm-hmm. which... Probably that was redundant, but you can post on there if you have a problem. So I posted about my plum tree problem. Oh, yes. You talked about that last week. Tell everybody again what was going on with your plum tree. All of a sudden, I don't have any plums on the tree, and I have like five, and they're gnarled with black spots. And And you had blossoms. I had blossoms all over the tree, and the peach tree 
which is what, 15, 20 feet away, uh-huh. is gorgeous and full of peaches. So I thought maybe somebody could help out. And uh, I haven't heard yet, I, I, but I will. I will update oh, everyone crossed, next week. find out. Oh, me too. Fingers crossed indeed. Somebody's got to else have the same problem. That's what I'm kind of hoping, not hoping, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It'd be strange if you were the only one who had this plum problem. Then it would be a curse. Right. Somebody or it could be aliens. Of alien curse. Alien curse. Yeah. Oh no, that's even worse. I did something so wrong. Yeah. Did you so, piss anybody off recently, Edith? Maybe. I'm not going to Ah, gonna maybe. <laughs> okay. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> oh, maybe. What about your garden? Well, Edith, I am very excited to share with you. It's uh, I got a new hoe. Oh my goodness, that looks like a stirrup, like a gigantic stirrup for a giant horse. Yes. This brand new hoe that I got, it's called a push and pull action weeding hoe. So I can push and pull it and it'll cut below the surface. <laughs> so I'm hoping that I won't have to get down on my hands and knees so much with this brand new hoe. Nice. I got a new hoe. Now, Christy, if the root is longer than, as, if it if it goes not as deep as the bottom of the root, Unfortunately, sometimes you'll still have to get down there. Yeah, but this, but, but once I, you know, once you do a really good weeding, this will get the little guys. You know, that's the thing. It, that will be so good in the spring. And you know what? It'll be good now, too, because I did notice in my garden, maybe I didn't want to say anything, but every single day there's new weeds. And I have been diligent. But with this rain, who knows? There's e- yeah. every day new weeds. But it's a good, it's good, great to pull the weeds, though, because the ground is so nice and soft. Yeah. And that would be wonderful. Because they're, some of the weeds are young, and that will whip them right yeah. out of there. Well, on the tomato front, I can tell you that um, Cindy Brady, my Roma tomato, yeah, is still not doing well. Oh, dear. It, it, I really think it's black septora spot. It's, all my other plants are green and happy, and this has these dark spots on it. It's starting to turn gray and small. And I made the mistake last year with my tomato plant, Alice that I just kept on on it for so long kept trying and trying and trying and I think I'm really I have to pull Cindy this week and I'm and put her in the garbage not in the compost pile folks because if you think one mm-hmm. of your plants has a fungus on it you shouldn't go in the compost because that'll just infect your compost pile but it should go in the garbage or you could burn it but parking back to what you said earlier if you have mushrooms popping up you can put those in the compost pile it's not the same thing Oh, good point. Different yeah. kind of fungi. Yeah, a di- yeah th- th- those are good fungi. Yeah. Those are fun guys. Yeah. Like that, but that's a bad fungi. Yes. Uh, my broccoli, I, was, I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, that I had planted broccoli and my the seed heads, the you know, the broccoli plants were happening. Yeah. But then I started to do this little separation and I was worried that it was going to seed. Yeah. And you know what? It did. It did? All six heads I'm of so the sorry. broccoli. Oh, I'm so sorry. And, I, and they're all in the compost pile. But just the heads, folks. I didn't rip out the whole plant because the plant can still Christy, give little babies. I did not know that. So you cut the head off that uh-huh. ha- that was going to going to seed. And broccoli. the reason why the reason why I didn't want I didn't I, we're not gonna eat that folks is because it's just really bitter. Oh that's really smart. So, so it'll now, still make little baby heads. You should make baby heads. And you yeah. gotta get in there really quick, which is my problem. Uh here's an interesting story about by basil. I have planted basil three times, and it just finally took. Uh-huh. But I was trying to plant it in the ground, and it wasn't germinating. So finally I went, 
I'm going to put it in a container and it germinated beautifully and I'm going to have nice basil this year. Now scratching my head, Edith, wondering why did my basil not germinate? I've been growing basil in the ground for 20 years. And then I remembered, I think I know why. Why? Way back in episode seven, Edith. Uh, we were we, young then, We were Christine. young last we were year. Young. And we had an episode about fall planting. And we, we, we weren't getting letters from people that we didn't know. We were getting letters mostly from our family and our friends. My sister wrote us this letter. I yeah. don't know if you remember it. But my sister Lori did, and she talked about the time where she was all excited to plant some wildflowers, and she got the soil all ready, and she turned the soil, and she raked it out, and she scattered the wildflower seeds, and everything was going great. And then because she wanted to prevent weeds from getting in there, she proceeded to sprinkle preen all over the seeded soil. And then she remembered that preen only prevents, not only prevents weeds from germinating, but it prevents all seeds. Well, so what my what preen is? Preen is go. just a um, what is it? It's a it's something you can buy in the store. It's an organic uh, cornmeal that prevents seeds from germinating. Oh. So people use it for weed control, but it can also prevent all seeds. Sure. So what my sister did was that she she you know kicked herself in the head, and then she immediately turned the soil over ten inches to get the preen out of the way, and oh. then she reseeded, and wow. everything went fine. Well, now I think I know what happened to my basil. In the rush when I was going away out of town, and yeah. I was planting everything in, yeah, and I threw my basil seed down, and I was shaking preen in the little pathways of my vegetable bed. Uh huh. I got preen in that little section. Oh, Christine. So, of course, basil wasn't coming up. Oh. So, here I got this great advice from my sister uh-huh. a year ago, and I forgot about it. So, sorry about that, Lori, but now I will have basil. Well, good. Phew. Well, folks, if you ever hear words or terms you're not familiar with or want a good laugh, check out the Upside Down Dictionary on our website at UpsideDownTulips.com. You could also click on the link in our show notes. We have blog posts there too. And while you're there, sign up for the, our newsletter for updates and funny garden signs. Maybe you want to see our gardens. Maybe you want to hear more inspirations and gardening jokes. Then visit us, please, on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. And you can also check out our YouTube channel. And now we want to introduce you to George and Jean Gnome. Starring Maggie Roswell and Hal Rail. No, 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 no. Hold fast. No. George? George, where are you? I can't see you. I'm down here, Jean. I've toppled over. Oh, poor George. Is there anything I can do? I doubt it, considering you're a gnome like me and can't move. Not gnome, George. It's pronounced gnome. Garden gnome. Well, that's just stupid. There's a G. There's an N. What, are we going to just ignore the G? Yes, George, we are. Well, then maybe my name is pronounced Orge, and you're Ean. My, lying face down in the flower bed makes you cranky. It's just like in the animal called a new, G-N-U. 
the G is silent. Or like the knight in shining armor, the K is silent. Or have you been calling it a canite all this time? I wish you were silent, Jean. <gasps> Harsh words coming from a gnome lying toppled in the flower garden. Or as you put it, from a gnome. Well, why are we talking pronunciation when I'm lying here face down in a dandelion? Well, at least you fell into a soft flower. It could have been so much worse. Can you imagine falling face down into some dog? Not helpful, Jean. Dear George, I'm sorry. It's just that spring is coming. I feel it. It's in my known bones, and it makes me happy. It means the constant gardener will be out here, checking to see if the early flowers are up, the grape hyacinth, the crocuses, daffodils, and tulips, growing all around us like they do every spring. It's right around the corner, George. You're right, dear Jean Gnome. The flowers will come. The gardener will be here. They'll pick me up and put me right. And in the meantime, gardeners, grow things, lots of things, so that your gnomes always have a soft place to land and to lift your spirits after such a long, dark winter. Da-da-da. Poor George in the Dandelions. What's a soft place to be? It's okay. Will he get out? I don't know. We'll see what the constant gardener does. We have a brand new garden gnome pod play coming up in just a little bit. Yay! But right now we're going to talk about all the things you need to do in your garden around in July. Yes. Around this time of yes. year. It's sort of your punch list, your get-her-done list. Yeah. You know, Christy, you know, I love... Um, the Wheat Ridge Gardeners Facebook page because it tells me what's happening with other gardens in the neighborhood. And there was this one post and she was wanting to get uh, ladybugs because of aphids. Uh-huh. And this man said, don't even bother because they will just fly away right away. So I thought it would be good to remind our listeners, if you do that, if you get ladybugs from a nursery and let them go, do it at dusk. Right before dark, don't do it during the day. They will fly away. And sometimes it also helps to mist the plants so that they might stay and have a drink of water. That's a good point, too. Yeah. And, of course, be prepared that when you start to sprinkle the ladybugs around your yard at dust, yes. they will wake up and they will start crawling all over you. I remember when that happened to you. And yes. I had 5,000 ladybugs crawling all over me. couple ladybugs are cute. Uh-huh. Lulu and Lily ladybug. So cute. They're cute. But when you have 5,000 of really anything, it's creepy. Except dollars. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> but Christy, the whole thing is like you, you can do it without having them smack you in the face or flying away. Yeah. So not to worry, there's still a really good idea for the aphids because July is when you may start seeing aphids. I One of the things I do in July as it gets hotter is I look on the underside of leaves. Uh-huh. And if you see the little white eggs, like little white spots that are like up, what do you mean up, like 3D, that, you don't want that. You can smush them. Smush them? You can spray them off with water? Mm-hmm. You can get out a magnifying glass, and if you look really close, you can literally see the bug lying inside the egg. It's really interesting. 
That sounds cool. It's so cool. So that's something like a little boy would love to do. Yes. See the little bugs down there. It's really cool. Well, the start of July means that summer is in full swing, and most of our gardens are really at the peak of enjoyment, don't you think? Yes. It's a great month for garden maintenance. Um, hot weather can make it important to keep on watering and weeding and all these other chores, which we'll talk about, to ensure that everything stays healthy even when it's really hot out. And if you live in a cooler area, there's still time to plant some things too. I finally planted beans, but beans loves the heat. So there's like no too, hardly any late time to plant beans. Well, let's talk more about vegetables, Edith. What are some of the things you do in your vegetable garden besides planting beans? Um, This might sound silly, but this is something I did today. Now the tomatoes are getting big. And, you know, I have them in those cages that are like cones. And I lift up the branches to the next level because if you don't, the tomatoes will end up on the ground. That's such a good point, Edith. Isn't that, you know what? I never would have thought of that until recently. And bugs can get them then and slugs and stuff. You really have to, you know, it's like training them. You have to really help them get through it. And if you wait too late and then you try to bend it, I've broken the branches I've broken them too. I have definitely. And then, boy, do I swear. You don't. I'm like a son of a. Oh, I feel so. I feel so bad. Oh, um, you don't go. Oh my gourd. Well, you know, um, one of the tomato plants I have, Edith, is a Fourth of July tomato. Yes, but I really should rename it to July First Tomato. Why do you already have a tomato? I had a tomato that you ate. Yes. Come on. Isn't that awesome? I split it with my handsome and handy husband. Oh my gosh, how was it? It was amazing. I cannot believe you already had a tomato. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's just great. You know, you gave me a, starts with a C, gave me a tomato. I gave an early girl, I thought. Yes, maybe that's what it was. It starts early, with an E. Okay. A cr- no, it's a curly girl. It's, it starts <laughs> with a C. Anyway, it's beautiful. It's huge, but it does not have any, not even close to having any tomatoes ready no uh talk to us about suckers you're the one who t- t- okay. trained me about that okay suckers very often if you on look a tomato at, plant on a to- <laughs> yeah on a tomato plant <laughs> if, you, if you look at a tomato plant and if you see the juncture you know between branches if there's a little leaf growing in the middle of that pinch it right off because that's just going to suck the energy away. That's not going to help your plant at all. And that sucker plant, that, it, that sucker is well named because it sucks the energy away from the rest of the plant. It's not going to get any flowers on it. Is that right? And it's that's not going right. to get any tomatoes on that's it. So right. here you just have this thing there that's, and that has no keep, use. If you keep it well pruned, you are going to have nicer, bigger, better tasting tomatoes rather mm-hmm. than just like a crapshoot. It's like the same way with, with me... Um, Culling my peaches. Ah, yeah. You know, you do want to kind of take care of that. There's certain plants you don't have to do that with, but tomatoes, get rid of those suckers. And they need air circulation, too. The more air circulation you have in your tomato plant, the less chance there could be disease and bugs creeping in. In August is when I do the, when they're gigantic, is when I go in and start pruning, literally just cutting branches off so it can breathe. Wow. Yeah. Um, Anything else we need to be worried about with tomatoes? Um, I don't think so. I think in a couple of weeks, I'm going to use do the poop tea thing, which is, you know, horse poop in a bucket of water, and it's sitting there, and it like tea, and then I d- side dress. That's the whole vegetable garden, don't you think? I do the whole vegetable garden. Yeah, you're so right. You're absolutely right. If you folks, if you put 
fertilizer in in the spring, which you should because plants mm -hmm. need their vitamins. You'll need to do another round in July, especially when plants are producing. Yes, especially then. Absolutely right. Tomatoes are a good thing to do. Um, today, I also went out there and I, um, the, the, what do you call it? The spaghetti squash. Uh-huh. The one of them is starting to move. It puts out that, what do you call it? The, like a branch. Like yeah. A, like a leader thing. Well, I, and I fastened it to the fence. Oh, are you going to try to grow it up? Yeah, I'm going to try to grow it up all along the fence so it doesn't... I've got so much stuff planted in that area, and this will get it out of the way. My spaghetti squash is in the compost pile. I have about five plants in there. Jeez. And I think because of this rain and this great sun we've been having, I think it, since we last talked about this, uh -huh. it has grown ten times. Remember I told you that I couldn't plant radishes? Yes. This is a don't ever give up hope story. I was really frustrated a few weeks ago, and I had a packet of radishes, and I'm like, well... I'm not going to throw it out. I'm just, I just dumped them onto one of my little hoogles. I have so many radishes. Oh, great. They're beautiful. They're big. And you put it on your hoogle culture. My, my yeah. hoogle culture, my mm -hmm. hill. So it, I thought it was too late to plant radishes, but it wasn't. I've also been told you can still plant in many zones. Yeah. Beets. Yes. Yes, you can. Yes, yes. Uh -huh. Carrots. Yes. And there are certain heat-tolerant greens. Chard is a heat-tolerant green. I have some empty spaces now, mm -hmm. especially once I get rid of Cindy Brady. Oh, <laughs> She doesn't even waste any time, does she? Cindy Brady doesn't know it yet, but I think she's going in the garbage tomorrow. So I'll have some extra spaces to do that. The thing about carrots, uh, Christy, is that they have an incredibly long, long growing season, but you can actually get them out in November because they're protected. Yeah, under the ground. So, so I could yes, plant you carrots. Can, you, yes, of course you. I did last week. Yeah, I don't have any carrots in the ground yet. So there are certain things. Oh, yeah, yeah, that you can still do. Absolutely. Oh, and you know what we forgot to do is we we, we forgot to do our zone disclaimer. Okay, zone disclaimer. Yeah, that we're in zone five B, mm -hmm. and depending upon what zone you are in, the things that we're talking about that's happening in our gardens might be a couple weeks off from where. You are. So just plan accordingly. And if you don't know what zone you are, we'll put a link in our show notes to help you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Uh, is there anything in July that uh, you really look forward to harvesting? Apparently not tomatoes. <laughs> you get a couple uh, weeks you will, though, I bet. I tell you what, here's what's exciting. My corn that I have never planted before is going to be knee-high by the 4th of July. Oh, you got to take a picture of that. Let's put it on the Facebook page. I will. I will. Oh, that'll be yeah, fun. Yeah, it's very exciting. Very, very good. Um, so I'm looking forward. That that I don't think that'll be ready, of course, in July. Um, beets. My beets will be ready. I'll have a lot of beets ready. So if you want some, you can have oh, some. Oh, you know, I didn't plant any beets this year. You didn't. It's so weird. I had. I did last year. Sometimes I just get in different moods and I go, whatever I have room for. And then when I just keep uh -huh. planting. And then when I run out of room, I run out of room. Well, but I can still plant beets. So yeah, I should get some beets. I sure think I will. I have these really pretty ones from Botanical Interest. I forget what they're called, but they're multicolored. So some are yellow, some are pepper candy cane striped, oh, some are deep purple, some beautiful. are pink. No, I love you know the, all those pretty different colors. Uh, well, soon we should be harvesting zucchini. That happens in July for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Here comes the big zucchini. Mm -hmm. uh, my cabbage will be ready to harvest soon. Sometimes people harvest onions. In July? I've been eating onions for months now because I remember I told you I couldn't grow scallions, so I've been eating my little baby onions. <laughs> Perfect. Get this. All my scallions are up too. 
<laughs> They're in with the Swiss chard. Oh, perfect. Oh, the other thing I planted that you can still plant, New Zealand spinach, because it's heat tolerant. I got to get some of that, because my uh, my spinach is all gone, and my lettuce is almost, I maybe I can get one more harvest out of my mm-hmm. lettuce. I still have a lot of arugula. Because I put my lawn chair over my arugula. Oh, look So it gets you. a little shade. Not that look we've needed you. too much of it lately. Well, folks, if you have these um, harvesting these elements in July, make sure that you don't, make sure that you harvest them regularly. Uh, so if zucchini or other varieties get too big, they lose a lot of their flavor. Same is true if you get cucumbers. Now, my cucumbers aren't flowering yet, but boy, they're getting big. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've harvested cucumbers, I think, before in July. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll find out. This is a very different year so far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, a good vegetable July task is to make sure you're staking things. So Edith already mentioned about mm-hmm. her tomatoes, but there might be other plants that might need stakes. Like I always look at my pepper plants because they, especially when they get full of fruit, can flop over. So they yes. might need staking. My eggplant always needs staking yes. because when you get those big eggplants on there. And folks, try to do it after a rain because it, it can be really hard if you use the cages mm. to stick it in there. Um, I kind of, I also stake really early. I don't wait because I'm always afraid that if I stake too late, I'm going to rip some of their roots. Yes. So it's a good idea to do it kind of early too. What I do for my pepper plants is I have those single stakes that have the little loop at the top uh-huh. so that you can just slip the top of it in there and that'll hold it up. Nice. But you should still do it relatively, not really super early, but kind. Of, I think July is a great time to stake peppers. Good, good. Uh July is also when powdery mildew can show up. Oh, yeah. And powdery mildew looks like your vegetables have been dusted with flour. Yeah, it's not pretty. July Uh, July is also when Japanese beetles show up, but we're not going to go into that today. We're going to have do a whole thing about that. What I can share about if you do get powdery mildew is you should act on it right away. In fact, it's better to be preventive about powdery mildew than to try to do it after the fact. So... July is a great time to spray a little preventive fungicide on your cucumbers or on squash leaves or on your zucchini plants. Mm -hmm. And um, all I did was just get a quart of warm water, a teaspoon of baking soda, and a couple drops of Castile soap or pure clean soap, not Dawn. So thank you, Edith, for letting me borrow your Castile soap. Sure. And spray that on there in July before before it gets really before bad. Before it gets really bad. And if you do have any infected foliage, stems, fruit, destroy them, either by throwing them in the trash or you can burn them. Excellent. Excellent advice, Christy. Wake up. Uh, what? Wake up. What? I wasn't sleeping. How do you expect me to sleep face down in a noxious weed? Don't exaggerate, George. You were sound asleep on a soft dandelion. <gasps> you hear that? The constant gardener is coming. Well, it's about time. I've been lying down here for ages. Now, George, you're exaggerating again. Oh, my garden gnome has fallen over. There you go. Better, George? Yeah. You know, you would look so wonderful by my spirea. Wait. What is she doing? What is she doing? No! There you go. No! Don't leave me here! 
Oh, dear George, at least we can see each other. Oh, you're too far away. Take me back. Back to Jean. Jean! Oh, George, I'm sorry. But soft. What light through yonder window breaks? It is the east, and Jean is the sun. That's nice, George. The time, and my intents are savage wild, more fierce and more inexorable far than empty tigers or the roaring sea. <laughs> that is so sweet. Give me my George, and when he shall die, take him and cut him out in little stars, and he will make the face of heaven so fine that all the world will be in love with night and pay no worship to the garish sun. Under love's heavy burden, do I sink? George? Oh, George, you really did sink. Is there a hole over there, George? George, wherefore art thou, George? Jean, that doesn't mean where are you? Stop mansplaining things, George. I'm not mansplaining. Mansplaining means... I know what mansplaining means. I cannot believe you're arguing with me from a hole in the ground. It's just because I miss you, Jeannie. Ah, I miss you too, Georgie. You've been by my side for years. Oh, no. What is it now? Ants. There are ants down here. They can't hurt you, George. You're a gnome. You may as well fill the hole and bury me alive. Parting is such sweet sorrow. What? You don't even care? Don't be maudlin. The constant gardener will be by and set everything to rights. In the meantime, gardeners, it's summertime. Happy growing. I'll be in a hole if you need me. Thank you, Maggie and Hal, for that wonderful voice work. Yeah, it was so good. George got out of the dandelions. Now but he's, he's in a hole. Will he ever get out of the hole? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, everybody. Well, listen, you need to start talking now about um, flowers, because if you don't, I'm just going to have to talk about myself. <laughs> well, that might be interesting. <laughs> no, no, we don't want to go there. Well, um, in many parts of the country... In July, it's simply too hot to plant anything. Mm -hmm. uh, if you live in the southeast or the coastal west, you'll have to wait until the fall to add any flowers into your garden. But if you live in certain areas of the northeast, the midwest, or the Pacific northwest, though not the Pacific northwest, 116 degrees, 116. Oh my goodness! Mm -mm -mm. You can, you know, you can still plant some flowers. Some there are some flowers that you can grow though. You can plant now that in any zone. Like what? Zinnia. Love zinnias. Cosmos. Cosmos. In oh, fact, I have a little spot all ready to, I, I germinated some cosmos in milk jugs and I'm going to put them out this week. Also Elysium and a, the red poppy, the, the red annual poppy will also, they're, they're, these are flowers that um, can they'll germinate quick and they can be in bloom in a couple weeks. So you'll be able, able to enjoy them in August. Except if you're Edith and you're trying to grow a poppy. That doesn't seem to happen. However, I let my cosmos go to seed last year and I never had to plant them. They are everywhere. And I kind of like that wildness that happens. It looks pretty. You know? Yes. It's pretty. Yeah. I like things to be where I want them to be. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I move them. Yeah. <laughs> I know you do. In July, I think the largest garden task is deadheading. Can I ask you something about that? So for the first time, thanks to you, I am growing scarlet runner beans. 
And they're starting to get flowers. Yeah, mine has flowers too. So do you deadhead them off? Do you cut them off after a while or not? I personally do not because I want the bean pods. Okay. And then I save the bean pods to plant new flowers next year. So that's not going to um, stop other stop more blossoms. No, from you happening. know because the scarlet runner bean is technically Edith a vegetable. Oh, okay. And we don't deadhead vegetables, right? No, that would be so foolish. Yeah. But flowers, <laughs> Let's cut them off, cut but, off the vegetables. Right. But flowers, we deadhead. Okay. And by deadheading, of course, we don't mean anything having to do with the Grateful Dead band. Right. But at any rate, at any it's rate, it's great to be deadheading perennials and annuals. And that means just removing the spent or fading flowers mm-hmm. to encourage more blossoms to happen. I was out today. I deadheaded uh, my catmint. I deadheaded uh, spirea, uh, salvia, Jupiter's beard, mm-hmm. and, it's, and your annuals too. So if you have annuals out there and the flowers are gone, pinch those back. When you have uh, plants like chrysanthemums, it's still, you still have time to pinch your mums. Yes, 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 yes. I, I did it once. I did it once, like you suggested. I, and in two weeks, Edith, you can do it again, okay. maybe one more time by in our zone by mid-July. Give another pinch, which will encourage the chrysanthemum to branch out more so it'll be bushier. Okay. And that is also true for herbs. So if your yes. flowers are, if your herbs are flowering, pinch back your basil. For, don't let your basil go to flower. No. Pinch that back. You can even just, like you call it, giving them a haircut. I mean, yeah. Just, uh, uh, just take it down. Take take it down. It's kind of a nice, enjoyable activity to take your fingers and just pinch them. That pinch is very back. enjoyable. Yeah. Unless you have an acre, then, then it's not enjoyable. If you have annuals that are beginning to fade, uh, you can cut those back by one-third to encourage new blooms. So it's a great thing to do before you go on vacation. Before you go on vacation, take all your annuals and just give them a, cut them back by one-third. You're talking about flowers? Annual or flowers. Annuals, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just deadheading, but literally cutting it yeah, back? uh-huh. Look at that. Um, if you haven't already, you should cut back the yellow foliage of your daffodils and your tulips. So you should always leave the leaves there after the tulips and the daffodils have stopped blooming. You can cut off the tulip and the daffodil flower at that time, but you should leave the green part. And now in July is when a lot of people will see that it is turned yellow Mm -hmm. or brown. And now Mm -hmm. you can cut that back and remove it. Okay, that's good to know. Mm -hmm. If you've been fertilizing your perennial flowers... You should stop this practice around the end of July, depending upon your zone. New growth that appears in late July or August may not make it through a fall frost. Wow. And July is the best time for iris divi- divination. Divination. <laughs> to divide, right? To divide. The- iris, as I like to call uh-huh. it, iris divination. Mm-hmm. If your iris have had trouble blooming, they everybody else's flowers are blooming, but yours aren't, and they they don't look really great. It means that probably every three to five years you need to divide them, which means pull up the whole clump, mm-hmm. shake them off, rip up up into smaller pieces, cut the leaves back to about six inches or so, so that they will spend more energy into the roots. Mm-hmm. And when you plant them, don't mm-hmm. bury them. Leave the tops of the iris. Showing. Well, Christy, what about um, 
what about cutting, if you're not going to divide the iris, but should you also be cutting the leaves now, or is it too early? You know, I, I've done it. I've done it this time. Uh, uh, yeah, I've done it this time before because I've, have I done that before? I might have done it just because it looks neater. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. When you have a lot of iris. Yeah. Refrain from transplanting in the heat of the day in July. Mm-hmm. In fact, try to not transplant at your plant your flowers at all, either in the early morning or in the early evening. But I would wait personally. Yeah, me too. And can I also recommend, folks, look for sales for flower plants. So if you go to the nursery, mm-hmm. the, they're wanting to move that. They don't want to. Yeah. They can't store it. So look for sales. And there, in that case, well, then go ahead and throw it in the ground. If you get a good sale, do it early in the morning. Check out your weather. And keep it very well watered. Very, very well watered. You might even have to shade it a little bit. Such a good point. Put a yeah. launcher over it. Put a launcher over it. You, you got it. Speaking of watering, let's talk about how people should water this time of year. Well, less frequently, right? But maybe more at a time. For one thing, you want the roots to go deeper and deeper, like where the minerals are, and to make the plant stronger. And if you water every single day, the surface is not going to do that. So, yes, less frequently, but more each time. You may find it helpful to know how much water you're putting in, actually, by, um, you know, filling it up with a bucket for a little bit. And so you know how much water is coming out of your hose. Or if you have a, if you have an overhead sprinkler, Put some tuna cans out so fill it up so you could see how much water you're actually putting down. Well, that's really smart, Christy. Good. good. Uh, avoid watering the foliage of your vegetable or your flower plants. Mm-hmm. Water the toes and never the nose. Yes. And, if it's a, yeah, if it's the heat of the day, you'll they'll be crispy. Mm-hmm. You'll burn the leaves. If it's the evening overnight, they may get a fungus. And if you're growing in containers, be oh very diligent. Yeah. Check it twice a day at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it looks like dry cake batter, dry brownie batter, water it. If it looks like wet cake batter, wet brownie batter, it's okay. Good. And for folks who live in hot and humid areas, that's not our neck of the woods. We're hot and dry here in Denver, Colorado. But make sure that you are pruning and thinning and weeding a lot. A lot of diseases will happen in damp weather, and plants need plenty of air circulation and sunlight to help dry out and stay healthy. If you see a diseased plant, cut the infected area immediately, and then, of course, throw it away in the garbage, not your compost. If you need to irrigate water, early in the day is the best, and at ground level is the best. Mm -hmm. Morning water gives the plant enough time during the day to dry off. And watering at the ground helps keep moisture off the plant's foliage and can prevent mildew. I just want to tell everybody as a late riser, I plant, I water in the evening, right before nightfall, and it works good. So for Edith and vampires, water <laughs> in the evening. But I always like do really low. I go way low. I don't water the foliage. <laughs> hey, Christy, guess what time it is? What? It's mailbag time. Ring, ring. Do you have a letter? This is from Judy in Denver. She doesn't say hi or anything like that. She just says, FYI, not everyone's pee smells funny after eating asparagus. (laughs) It is dependent on the presence or absence of a particular enzyme. Some of us have it. Some of us don't. Okay. This is in reference to a previous episode when we were talking about perennial vegetables. Uh Uh-huh. 
Also, rhubarb sour cream pie is as good as it gets. Well, that's good to know. Well, I did a little research about asparagus pea. Yeah. And Ben Franklin even mentioned it. He said, the power of changing by slight means the smell of another discharge our water. A few stems of asparagus eaten shall give our urine a disagreeable odor. Why? Why, why is he talking about that? <laughs> <laughs> Go out and fly a kite. What the heck? <laughs> well, the difference between people who can smell a difference in their urine lies somewhere among 800 different genes okay. among people. Researchers asked nearly 7,000 participants if they could detect a distinct smell in their urine after eating asparagus. About 40% of them strongly agreed they could. And the other 4,161 people were confused by the question. Huh. That's our electorate for you. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. They say it's due to a confluence of things. Anything between the efficiency of someone's intestines to different gut bacteria can affect it. All right. Now, she also says rhubarb sour cream pie is as good as it gets. And I had never heard of rhubarb sour cream pie. My mom made the best in the world. Well, I had to test it out myself because there's only one way to know if rhubarb sour cream pie is as good as it gets. And you're a very good baker, so what do you think? Did you taste it yet? I made some rhubarb sour cream pie. Yes. And I have some for you to taste. Oh, that's for me. Okay. Oh, it looks nice. Okay. Oh, my God. Mmm. It's so good. Oh, Christy. Mm. It's a little it's a little softer than I thought it was going to be. Mm. But I'll tell you this is that well this is I cheated a little bit, Edith, because I put not only is that rhubarb from my garden, but I put strawberries from my garden in there too. Oh and that was sour a good cream. idea. This this is this is unbelievable. Thank you so much. And she bakes too, folks. She bakes and she shares. <laughs> well, folks, if you have a gardening story a success or a flop. If you want me to make something else, if you have garden questions, we'd love to hear from you. Tell her to always share with her friend Edith. Write to us at <laughs> upside down tulips at gmail or at our website at upside tulips.com. Check out the show notes and tell Christy always share your baking with Edith. I'm breathing, I'm open. I'm listening. Now it's time for your inspiration for the week. Our inspiration for this week comes from Mae Sarton. She says, Help us to be ever faithful gardeners of the Spirit, who know that without darkness nothing comes to birth, and without light nothing flowers. That's beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? Thank you, Edith. Thank you, Mae Sarton. I think we've had her before. We have, because she's great, as is this pie. <laughs> so nice of you. <laughs> so good. Judy is right. It is the it is the best thing. It is the best thing. Everybody, thanks for listening. We're so glad you were here today. We are Edith Weiss and Christy Montreux Larson. If you got some laughs and some value out of our episode, could you please do us a favor? Share the show with a friend who might also appreciate it, please. Thanks so much to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. Hey, you can hear more of Denise's music. Go to denisegentilini.com or find that link on our website, upsidedowntulips.com. And a big thank you to our kind and talented friends and actors, 
Hal Rail, and Maggie Roswell. And a special thanks to our local nursery and friend of the show, Southwest Gardens. Join us next week for... Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Japanese beetles. <gasps> Edith. Yes. I saw a Japanese beetle. I did too. Don't forget, if you make a mistake, the garden will forgive you. Yeah. Upside down to the